Do you have one of those like really, really tight speedos like from cartoons? Like how dads have in cartoons? Like like, does it does it go up to the top like stretch like it has shoulder straps? Oh, it it could definitely have shoulder straps. Yeah, like like a 1920s a 1920s strongman. Yeah, it's just a thong, and then it has it stretches all the way up to the shoulders. <laughs> I, I <laughs> just, you know, this is a little bit cheap of me, but what I do is I just uh, on my way to the on my way to the pool, I buy a pack of band aids. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> how do many you do you put on? Yourself? What 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 parts do you prioritize covering with the band aids? <laughs> Well, it's a public pool. Definitely. It's a public pool, so the so so Long John Silver's got to go in his Band-Aid house. <laughs> <laughs> then you I guess put, you could probably ball cover one up, the up. You ball one up and put it in the bee hole. Oh then... God! Oh, that's <laughs> not how I would have expected. Well, you can't. You don't want kids looking up your bottom's hole, looking into right. looking into the looking into the warlock's eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my family. <laughs> Oh, welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. How's it going? It's that. It's that. (laughs) No, this isn't the theme. It's just me making horrible sounds. This is the animated podcast about real cartoons, and my name is Andy. I'm Austin. And I'm good friend Rory. And boy, it is a it is a really hot July day, and and we're all sweating in our in our our uniforms because we are all sweaty garbage men. <laughs> this, is, uh-huh. this is what I got. This, uh-huh. is what, this is what I walked into. This is my theme today. We're sweaty garbage men. Uh, yeah, we're we working to, we're, a shift. Yeah, it's gross, but we all get to be in the same vehicle together. You know, one of us hanging off the side, and and one of us gets to drive. One of us gets to handle all the the people's nasty leavings. Which one um, of us? Thank you. Which one of us is doing? Um, who's driving? I, I, I'm driving, which is a problem because I never got a driver's license. Um, oh, right. Uh huh. You don't I need that we... for a garbage truck. It only goes straight. You can't turn. You just gotta go straight. <laughs> it's like a train. Right. It's just like, like the garbage train. Um, <laughs> you're, you're also allowed to drive those without a license. <laughs> yeah. Trains. Trains. They get any old rube into there. The conductor's hat is just you. Just chuck it at a, at a random person. It's fine. Um, but I guess, I guess today, today's a really fun day for us, uh, us garbage men, because it's the one day where we're allowed to take out our own trash, uh, and we get to rifle through it and see what, see what our trash says about us. It's like some sort of fucked up personality test. So Austin, what's in your trash? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, the stuff in my trash is mostly, it's just, it's old anchovies. It's cans of anchovies that I've been putting on my pizzas and uh, <laughs> Mossman curry mix because you know we're we're going we're going real right now and the stuff that's yeah, pretty real the stuff in my trash is passion fruit Lacroix cans uh, anchovies <laughs> and Mossman curry why is your why is your trash full of cans Austin because <laughs> uh, I haven't taken out the recycling he's trying to kill the planet yeah. Yeah, come on, Austin. What are you doing? We're, we live in we live in Seattle for Christ's sake. We live in a society. Well, the the real reason is because I'm not supposed to put food soiled stuff in the recycling, <laughs> and I 
fill my passion for LaCroix cans with uh, old grease? bacon with old old bacon fat and uh <laughs> you know uh anchovy liquid that uh, I was it. trying to drain off when I was trying From to the get other the cans? brine. Yeah, trying to get the brine out and to make it uh, to sort of mute the flavors a little All right, bit. Uh, Rory, what's in your trash? We're going to move on. What's in your trash, Rory? Um my trash is just full of Pokemon card wrappers. Yeah? yeah That's the whole Pokemon. thing. Well, you know, you got to you got to catch them all. <laughs> you getting a good one? You can't tell me you haven't thrown away some of those Pokemon cards. <laughs> of course, cuz I only collect I only collect Electabuzz. <laughs> <laughs> when you say got to catch them all, you mean every Electabuzz that they have. I got the Electabuzz. <laughs> No one else is ever going to have one. You're going to have that, that vertical, that vertical slice of Pokemon, just the one. Well, you got you got the best one. Yeah, and then when then when somebody needs Electabuzz, they got to come to me. <laughs> That's true. You'll own the market. <laughs> that that shocking zebra I man. You, is... I heard you were looking. I heard you're looking to up your Electabuzz game, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> going to cost a premium because you got you have the corner on the market. I like to imagine you have all the cards in one hand and you can do that like one handed <laughs> shuffle. You know, in a dark corner, you're just shuffling your Electabuzz deck. It's all Electabuzz! <laughs> this is my Electabuzz deck. <laughs> oh no. It's a valid trainer move. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. well, Andy, what's in your garbage? Oh. Oh, um, well, I mean, I do have one right next to me. I mean, in, in a very real way, there's uh, a bunch of tissues because I was sick not long ago. Uh, the, don't, gl- no, don't. We don't want to hear about your. <laughs> <laughs> there's some old goldfish your, your t- in there. Your, your, your horrible, uh, your horrible body and the tissues that you, <laughs> you fill with, you fill with extrament. 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 You heard me. I'm a lot. You know what? <laughs> What? That's it's the opposite of an instrument. You're over you're over here masturbating <laughs> yeah. into tissues over and over again. And I, oh, no. And I say I one sick. thing wrong and now it's and now I guess it's now I guess it's the fuck Rory. It's fuck Rory 30. Zero fuck Rory 30. <laughs> I was saying Yeah, go I home and play your extrament. Go home play your extrament. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, and then it's also I guess filled with uh wrappers of anime flavored oh. Oh. Gum? Yeah, he eats his anime gum. <laughs> <laughs> you swallow, you put it in your belly, and someday you could become a Naruto. <laughs> You're not supposed to swallow the gum, and a little no, Naruto he, grows he, inside your stomach. Yeah, you eat enough Naruto gum, you become a Naruto. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, this is a garbage man. We're done. Right. We're done looking at our own garbage, and we got to talk about the content that we watched. Yeah, this episode. what are we watching? It's today. a new arc, and, and Rory needs to tell us all about weeks. it. Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna punch it like that. All right, so we watched uh, we watched uh, two episodes of King of the Hill. Mm, does that, that make King you feel good? Makes you feel warm inside. Good. I'm warm inside. I'm warm inside and outside. I'm in, in, like a like a burning star. Well, we're warm outside because it's really hot and we're garbage men. But the 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 inside's warm because you love King of the Hill so much and you talk about it all the time. Yeah, these things you know, these these are these are adding up. Uh, <laughs> uh Rory, Rory, what what did you what are we doing? We're doing three weeks of this, right? So we're this I guess a sort of a continuing periodic 
we all get to watch our favorite things in the world on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, once a one day, one day a year, you get your you get your wish. <laughs> this is Rory's. This was my wish. You get to walk in the human in the human world like you're a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um, with King of the Hill having to come up with six episodes from twelve seasons of shows, uh, there's going to be a lot we don't watch, obviously, and. Uh, <laughs> I kind of did my best to, I, I wanted to get at least one from the really early days from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may pick another season two thing, or we may just kind of go into the glory years, mm-hmm. sort of seasons three, four, five, six. I mean, some of my favorite episodes are from later as well, but uh, we'll just have to kind of take, play it by ear and kind of see see what makes a good representation of, of the show. And so you picked two two uh, related episodes for us to watch today. I did. I yeah. So um, I mean, I I loved this. Ep- I loved the both of these episodes, and I and I had to first just kind of had them in, in different buckets. I thought it would be kind of cool to show off immediately the the world King of the Hill takes in takes place in, where things that happen continue to relate and mm-hmm. and well, it, it, to be fair. The sort of like episode of the week or the sort of thing of the week um, doesn't come back a lot. Usually you've kind of got your story bucket and your, you know, that that right. that week, that week's problem bucket. But but it's nice to see that they they ha- are aware of, you know, continuity and, and the things that they've set up and, and what they're allowed to play with. Um, well, you know, what, what's also nice is because King of the Hill is so much more generally mundane in its presentation mm-hmm. uh, compared to a Simpsons or a Family Guy or literally most other animated sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that it doesn't it doesn't really break the world by by going back and being like, hey, you know, Homer, remember that time that you were a chart topping like <laughs> pop star? You yeah. know, like that doesn't right. really work for another week's issue, mm-hmm. you know? It, but it, it does work when these stories in King of the Hill are so much more minor and mundane that it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't shatter reality of what they're trying to go for in a certain episode. Be like, hey, remember when you yeah. had a colonoscopy? Like, right. You know, <laughs> and I think so. One thing I one of the reasons I picked this episode, too, was was in later episodes. So, you know, Hank Hank Hill is is going to be, you know, constantly sort of at odds with. With other people's emotions and physical, and like emotions and fluids, or just constantly things he hasn't, he wants no part in. And uh, I, I was afraid, maybe, maybe overly so, but that if somebody were to be watching these with us for the first time, it it could leave a bad taste in your mouth if you, if you, if you thought you could read into why he's being so awful about people's mm-hmm. whatever, whether it's right. totally. You know, you, it's not a, it's not a, he, the show doesn't, doesn't relish in Hank's position. The show doesn't share his opinion that everything, everything right. is awful. Yeah. But I think, you know, when I was younger and I was, I don't know, probably 13 or 14 and just watching The Simpsons and then seeing King of the Hill come on, I really had a hard time. I bounced off of it a lot. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's because I didn't fully understand that that wasn't the show's position. That Hank's right. position you're wasn't li- the show a because you're a liberal cuck. Well, yes, you know, <laughs> in, in so many words, but I didn't. You know, I also had some animosity from the way my dad talked about his frustrations growing up in Texas, okay, and in Southern Baptist Texas, and to see what is the main character of the show being the, you know, 
the the sort of most problematic mouthpiece generally you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah that that was something i bounced off of because i i had a really hard time kind of seeing the the authorial voice behind not just hey this is what the main character does right and you know i think it's i think it's a totally valid point because his his whole deal is just hangups remember that hangups episode we had because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hank huh, is like huh, he's huh. got He's got hangups about like everything possible and he projects everything out. And like, it's such a, it's such a interesting thing to have. He's not necessarily the main character. I mean, he is like, but you know, the the important thing is, is again, that like the point of the episode is never in all 13 seasons, never was the point when it comes to these, these kinds of episodes that Hank was right. Yep. Right. He yeah. he learns to be more accepting and um, and loving every time. It's always he's always really he's you know he's never uh, he's he's doing his best. <laughs> it's just that's what yeah. he's doing. And right. you you and as long as you buy into that that he's trying, I think it works pretty good. Yeah, you know I think totally. I've I've said this to a few other people. Uh, over the years, but I actually think I think it's I think King of the Hill is fascinating. I never watched as much of it as clearly you did. I'm sure, Rory, I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, but I, I like Austin. I hated it when I was a kid, but not even hated it. I just didn't I didn't want to watch it. And I think King of the Hill more than probably any other piece of media is like, you know, or the, any other test or any age limit you want to set. I think it's like, hey, how do you know who you're a real adult now? You found King of the Hill kind of funny. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that a kid I think that the, it's like impossible for young kids to actually find the humor in this show more than just off putting. I think when you actually get a little bit of world experience and you like your view widens a little bit, then the show is for you. And I think that's fascinating. Now, this is an interesting comparison, but I've been watching an anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix, <laughs> and I used to watch it when I was a teen when uh, around the time when I was watching King of the Hill and, and not really enjoying it. But for Evangelion, it was similar in the case of I was swept up in the power fantasy in you know, seeing it through a teenager's eyes of like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. look at these cool robots that get to drive around and watching it as an adult. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is super messed up. Um, <laughs> and I actually kind of now I kind of see the author's intent um, yeah. in this work. Uh, yeah, it's just like dramatically different. Um, at different age ranges when you watch it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so for me, King of the Hill is incredibly formative to, to a lot of my, I don't know, oeuvre. Um, (laughs) but to what Andy was talking about, uh, first, and then I'll get to what Austin said about like bouncing off it as a kid. I mean, now certainly there, there, there's obviously a too young for King of the Hill, but, um, I don't know. I, I, well, I, I guess part of it too was, was, was this sort of, um, being a just being a person in the 90s and the TVs, the TV like King of the Hill is sandwiched between episodes of The Simpsons. So it's, yep. it was getting watched. And oh, yes. And so and so that's how I learned to like it. And it's how I fell in love with shows that you need to learn to love that and, and media in general that and, you know, whether that's a symphony or a, or a challenging movie, mm-hmm. not everything not everything you know is uh is like a bright a bright flashing landing strip sometimes you gotta kinda, yeah you gotta kind of get there you gotta fly through the clouds to get there and learn yeah. Yeah. what's happening because 
in the mid 90s, mid to late 90s, everything was so swept up in the artifice of cool. <laughs> and in this like, you know, like Matrix in 1999. And, you know, it's just it's like what this this definition of what cool was. And even the Simpsons, people were doing the Bartman. And, yeah, you know, everything is kind of sexy and cool and doing skateboard tricks. And here's King <laughs> of the Hill that like and even going from Beavis and Butthead from the same people like to be so anti-cool and that's the point yeah. like it's not a cool show and that made it cool like it made its own cool and that i think that's one of the more fascinating things about it and there's a lot of really great comedy that's completely jokeless like if you fall if you if you fall out of a tree and and land in, you know in front of a television show in front of a television watching King of the Hill. I don't know. Anyway, just follow me here. Just if you yeah, happen yeah, yeah. to see, if you happen to, if you should so happen to see King of the Hill, you, you will not know that it's funny. And right. because so much of it is based off, you have to, you need, you, you might laugh a little bit. I'm not going to say that you need to be a certain kind of, this isn't no. me like being a Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> you got to be this <laughs> smart to watch our show. I'm just saying like. If no, you it's don't, real. there's no punchlines. You have to kind of know what's going on a little bit. There is right. like in the two episodes we watched tonight, which we'll get to in a second, I'm, I'm sure. But the in the two episodes we watched tonight, there was one moment that actually made me laugh out loud. And it wasn't because the rest of it was funny. It's because King of the Hill makes you get into its pace. And it's funny constantly on a level that's <laughs> a lower right. level. You know, it's a simmer of funny at all times the the whole existence of these people and the way that they function is funny mm -hmm. it's just yeah. like it's not constantly throwing you jokes and that that being said it does have a good smattering of of jokes but they're not like they're not aiming to like slap you in the face and make you laugh all the time because they don't they don't have to and it does this really cool thing you know if if, if i were to compare it to a modern show where like and, and now Bob's Burgers will do this a little bit, but it's a little, I would say, less self-aware uh, of the, the like characters are often joking and mm -hmm. and the joke is purely for the audience, the TV viewer. Right. And I think what makes it so delicious in this show is when somebody's joking, it's usually like at Hank's expense or in front <laughs> or Hank is just like not enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> He is he's sort of your audience plant in that moment and he hates it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I got yeah, I got shoot. two two things that I want to do real oh, real fast. Go for it. So one, in case you've gotten through all this and you still don't know, you have no context for what King of the Hill is. You've never even heard of it. You don't know what the hell this show is. I don't understand how that's possible. It was on Fox's animation. Domination. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. But King of the Hill, it's about people in a fictional sort of Dallas Fort Worth style suburb uh, called Arlen, Texas. And it's about a family and they're all super Southern and it's really great. And like, it's hard to explain, but like, this is what we're talking about. It's like, a, it's a, it's a Simpsons, but they're in the South and everything's way more real. And, you know, it was trying, it was playing at the same time. It went from like 1990, what? 97? Uh, I, I want to say 97 to, 97 to 2008. 2010, I thought. 2010. Well, it's even longer because there was a, it was canceled for like a year. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. We've not canceled like a sort of like super hiatus. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it was it's made by Mike Judge. And if you don't recognize that name, uh, he made Beavis and Butthead. He made he makes Silicon Valley. Now uh, he did the movie Office, Office Space. Space, Idiocracy, yeah. a whole mm -hmm. bunch of really good content. And Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. And I'm not saying that's Mike Judge, but it is got that some of that that flavor. Um, sure. 
and it is it he's a really specific kind of thing and i think king of the hill is my favorite of his content uh personally i i like office space a lot but king of the hill is definitely uh, i like it more than beavis and butthead <laughs> it's definitely sure. the most sort of the longest most fleshed out piece of his work i think mm-hmm. yeah well uh, it's got it's, it's got its bones uh in you know it start it, it's it's his most sort of uh, uh um autobiographical work and right. um and his and um you know Hank is a character that he made up for Beavis and Butthead uh, right yeah that's right and he's then, like a and foil then, basically for yeah it's ba- the- yeah exactly he's 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 already Hank Hill but he's he's allowed to be a little more antagonistic because the main characters are so awful right. <laughs> um that he's a little more angry <laughs> but but then um and then you've also got um this is more of an anecdote but Boomhauer is also from sort of uh from his king of the hill days where he got a oh. phone call from an angry texan <laughs> about, about beavis and butthead now this guy was like uh he he thought the name of the show was porky's butthole <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't know how you get porky's butthole out of, out of beavis and butthead but i still have the message it's like <laughs> oh my God, it's a so minute good. and a half long and he's just like and this is actually <laughs> This is where I got the voice later for Boomhauer on King of the Hill. This guy this guy he he the message started out, he goes, I've been calling y'all for better than a month now, grab back y'all every time that bang old porgy's butthole come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little fun little soundbite you can find online of the time. That's amazing. The time That's Mike Judge got called by Boomhauer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. And then, okay, so this is the last thing. This will be this will be how we transition into talking about the first episode. Uh, just because it's perfect at this moment, because of what Austin said earlier, you're going to find it relevant. We have a really, really, really tiny version of Quick Fix, our very favorite se- segment within a show. Uh, not trying to bite off of uh, Munch Squad, but we do have a little mini show within the show. And it's called Quick Fix, and here's uh, here's a, 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 a synopsis of a, a fic that I found earlier today. And it says, what if Hank Hill's Japanese half-brother was Shinji's father? Following the disappearance of Yui Ikari, Junichiro sends Shinji to Arlen to live with the Hills. How will Shinji okay. deal with the events of Evangelion? Read and find out. <laughs> and it's called King of the Evangelion. And get in the Ava, get in the Ava, Hank, or Bobby will have to do it again. <laughs> get in the Ava, Bobby. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like, Bobby, Ava. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have we're stopped at the first garbage stop uh, on this train because uh, <laughs> Andy doesn't know how to drive, so he's just sort of frozen here. He's sort of frozen in this in this in the driver's seat, um, gripped with fear. We've sort of told him to just not move the wheel all that much, and uh, we've we've stopped at the first house, and this first house is King of the Hills season one episode six, titled Hank's Unmentionable Problem, and here's mm. the blurb. Hank's ongoing constipation causes great concern for Peggy and, much to Hank's embarrassment, <laughs> everyone else in Arlen. <laughs> this, 
I'm so glad this was the first episode you chose, Rory, because it's like it's just pure distilled uncomfortable Hank. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Season one is is kind of the most King of the Hilly. Like everything we talked about it being a little unapproachable and 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 uh, and um, sort of simmering is it's all season one and some people love it some it's kind of like it's got this sort of parks and rec sort of you love it you mm-hmm. love it if you but a lot of people didn't care for season one and uh even as early as season two but really season three is when it kind of picks up on the more cartoonish episodes mm-hmm. right yeah um and yeah this episode it really does feature hank in this um complete state of like frozen locked i mean just total lockdown on <laughs> personal issues and yeah uh when he's dealing with a constipation problem and uh just cannot and he's such he's a very unlikable protagonist you know yeah like in a in a just a straightforward way um yeah it's it's the show is so incredible at like portraying this character who's so hyper masculine and so shut off from everything that like is even close to emotional health, but it doesn't, the way that they tell the story and the way they show him doesn't like judge him for it constantly. It's not like, you know, we should hate him. It just shows how it gets in his way and how he well, moves yeah. by so it. Mike judges characters are, are always this, um, kind of version of, of taking, you know, either, um, negative traits, like really things that you should not be celebrating that society does and, and twisting them enough. So like, Hank is Hank is is all of these sort of like he's sort of the patriarchy um, <laughs> personified, mm-hmm. yeah. But he's but not in a way that makes him toxically awful. It makes you could argue he makes him it makes him human. He he's, he's sort a of product he, he, of his environment exactly. And and um, who we a character who we haven't met in this episode. Uh, oh, do we meet Khan at all in this episode? Oh, we don't see no. him in this one. We don't see Khan at all. Okay. So Khan Supanusampone is also this interesting character who is uh both at you know, both the sort of American dream mythologized into a into a person. Right. He 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 revels in in and in, in a in in corporate in corporate hierarchy and wealth and 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 gaudy displays. Yeah. Uh but he's also a foreigner in Texas and and dealing with those with those um, those problems, right? He's you know both the most American and kind of the least American, and and, and then Hank Hill by by contrast has all of the you know traits that we like to celebrate in Americans as much as we can of I don't know regular like the good kinds of patriotism, right? Well, and it's yeah. interesting. I was reading, you know, as I as I think we probably all do uh, as a little bit of prep before we start a new show. I was reading uh, some stuff, some like Wikipedia stuff and, and a few little like interviews. I found a couple interviews or whatever. But somebody there, there are two things on the Wikipedia page that I thought were really interesting Two quotes when people it was talking about like the reception of the show. And it's uh, someone to, someone called this show the most subtle and complex portrayal of small town voters on television. Oh, absolutely. And then and then mm-hmm. someone else called it the last bipartisan TV comedy. And hmm. I think that's really interesting because <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily think it's consciously trying to be bipartisan. I think it's just no. consciously trying to show us people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It I I do not think it's bipartisan exactly. I right. think I think the way that 
you know, if you were to if you were to pick, you know, a a a, a compare another show, uh, so let's say it's it's even more problematic now. But Roseanne, uh, sure, yes, a, as another show that has that sort of made a point of of picking people in a different position, not not your normal Hollywood family. Yep, right. Um, sure. And it, I liked that show. Oh yeah, it it took a side, and it, I'm not dis- not even a, really against that side in the sense that it was really making a point to say, "Hey, look, not all Republicans are are psychopaths. Here's a normal family who votes red, and they're just dealing with your, the same stuff as we are." <laughs> right. And King of the Hill is is quite apolitical that way. It 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 does have fun with the kind of Republican patri- uh, Republican patriotism from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't ever, t- it, it never sells you any of that. And I don't, I don't think Mike Judge, if I had to guess, uh, was, is a red voter, but he is no. a Texan. Right. Right. Uh, but idiocracy makes a pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty... bold, st- pretty bold stance. <laughs> yeah. He for feels. Sure. Uh, and, and this is the most political episode we watched where it's all about, you know, that hot button issue of poop. <laughs> a poop coming out of your butt or not poop whether it should come out where it should stay whether or not yeah. we want it to come out so, of the butthole hank is already uh, you know at his wits end that that peggy has been kind of sharing her problems which are in his mind his problems you know with her friends right and, and kind of that the, the culmination of that is 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 that uh, one of her friends is a local weather girl <laughs> and it's like on on broadcast TV, he wishes him like get well soon, get well soon for your constipation problems. Yeah, Hank Hill name drop local <laughs> TV. Now the whole God. town knows he can't poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. There's so many good moments. I mean, I we could we could talk about the moment to moment in this episode, but to be honest, here's here's literally what happens. There's a scene where Hank tries to poop, and then there's a scene of Hank being uncomfortable about other people knowing that he can't poop and then repeat that he tries to yeah, poop moment again. to moment it is hard is a little bit hard to kind of get to um well, yeah it's and, just it's interesting because thing. this one doesn't have a normal kind of structure like like right. there, it's more it's more like on a weird way in a weird way this episode is like an and then and then and then and he tries to poop and he can't he tries to poop and he can't but it's still super compelling actually it is like yeah <laughs> yeah because it's this big like pressure vice just just tightening around around hank just the entire episode and so we just are are seeing this really defined character just hit his total limit and then (laughs) go past it and that's what's really interesting about it yeah Um, but the the actually the very beginning of the episode actually starts with one of the few like straight up jokes Mm -hmm. in in the in the episodes we watched was uh is luann talking to peggy and Luann is uh, Peggy's niece, I believe. That's correct. For people. Yeah. Um, and Luann has been going to cosmetology school, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peggy asked her about the, her, her shampoo. Oh, yes, right there. Yeah. And the big shampooing and, and Luann, final. Oh, how did the big shampooing final go? Well, I passed lather, but I failed rinse. And then I failed repeat, too, because it includes rinse, which I don't think is very fair. And. <laughs> You know, that's a great joke. And I know that for for a good, you know, adult primetime sitcom, we could spend this entire discussion just bringing up jokes that we thought were funny. Jokes. 
you know, yeah. and that's that's not really the best way to, I think, do a discussion podcast, you know, but <laughs> no, um, but that's going to be part of it because we it's gotta definitely going to be part of clips it. in. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's but, a really good one. <laughs> but that's I mean, that's one of the the pure, like just straight up jokes that mm-hmm. we have, because everything else really is just like. Just character, just character based. It's amazing watching Hank. There's so many scenes in this episode of Hank sitting in a bathroom and staring at a wall and just not <laughs> just oh, not oh, doing it. Oh, oh. The number of times in my notes I, I wrote and Hank is not having it <laughs> is is like really high because there's so oh my God, Peggy is Peggy is so incredible in this episode, too, because she had like she has basically got it in her mind. Her whole deal this episode is that she's worried that if Hank doesn't poop, he is going to die and she's mm-hmm. going to lose her husband to this <laughs> constipation problem. And he has yeah. to go to the doctor and she has this amazing nightmare at one point. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like his funeral. And she's like, I never got to talk to you about your constipation. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just so good. The, the creepy thing that hit me in that in that nightmare that Peggy has is because, yeah, we're seeing a funeral, we're seeing Hank's funeral and they do an open casket uh, <laughs> funeral of Hank with this like totally with this morbid uh, mortuary makeup on his face. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I had this really weird flashback because my grandparents who live in Dallas da- or lived in Dallas um, have d- did open, there were open casket funerals for both my grandma grandmother and grandfather and my grandmother Mm -hmm. had the most gaudy like blush (laughs) just like funerary makeup on her face for the open casket and i got that weird like i don't know if that's a just a very texas thing i don't know it could be or maybe there's something to do with the heat for open casket and like the way we do our makeup i don't i don't i don't i don't know but uh yeah that was just that was a detail that that hit me very strongly um, (laughs) yeah with with authenticity (laughs) It was also great because they made it also like a dream and threw in a lot of nonsense of everybody mm-hmm. at the funeral. And then, uh, all right, everybody turn in your algebra homework. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Hank's father, Cotton, who is pallbearing, but hanging off of one of the handles because he's too short to yeah. <laughs> to carry it like everybody else. Just just Because really his shins got details. blown off by the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Oh, Cotton. This um, show has so many good side characters. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah, the general structure is is the beats are that you know Hank will go to the bathroom and try to poop and has a very hard time saying anything about it. It's just a super <laughs> unnatural thing for him to talk about. He doesn't want Peggy to see him in the bathroom. He doesn't like. Yeah, and it's so bizarre. Now, again, not super bizarre for the Texas that I'm familiar with, the separate <laughs> beds kind of stuff Yep. Uh, in, in traditional Texas. But uh, it's still so weird to see a married couple that where Hank is just completely unable to share yeah. the <laughs> fact that he poops. Well, and he, and he, he gets weirded out about it with Bobby too. Cause like there's a sequence where, where Peggy makes him brand muffins for breakfast and instead of the sausage. And, Bobby looks over and he's like, "You should eat those, Dad. They help you make." And his response is basically like, "Where would you get an idea? That's not something you should even know about your father." And like, like, like to him, like, like butt stuff or anything to do with like 
body things. It's like nothing you like. There's it's a whole category of information that should never ever be in anyone's mind except his own. Like it's so oh, yeah. private, so and private for him. It's absolutely like you know it's played up, but only a little bit because you yeah. know I mean we we all know I mean it's such a such a cultural thing of you know of men just be like oh periods no it can't here just no, learning about yep. the idea of periods will melt my flesh and turn me yeah. into jello it's and to like, the nth degree so that we can so it's still silly but it, right. it, it it's it's real it's it's not yeah, it's absolutely. not it's not pulled out of thin air it is yeah I mean, peggy I, says she you, has if, like eight cups of metamucil every morning or something to keep <laughs> regular and he's just i don't want to know about you <laughs> i don't, I don't even... <laughs> oh <Yeah. laughs> And it's, yeah. it's, it, I mean, you know, and we all think maybe we're above it, you know, like, oh yeah, but we, you know, if it was me, like I'd be more open about my poop trubs. But mm-hmm. if you've ever, if you've ever had Your any PTs? medical things, if you've ever, ha- ever had any medical things that influenced some of your more private specific, you know, day to day moments, mm-hmm. then you know that it has a pretty serious effect on your, on your mind. And it, it yeah. is embarrassing. Even as much as you can tell yourself, it's not embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing for us in America. That's not a it's, yeah. That's real. That's real as Look, well. I had groin surgery in high school, and the last thing I wanted to do was talk about it ever with my <laughs> parents, or then all the people around. Um, <laughs> was, that was a nightmare. Oh God, I think okay. So my favorite moment in this episode uh, is, and then we can move on. There's because he goes to the doctor, and we should talk about that. But my favorite moment is is right before when he decides to go to the doctor. And he's in the bathroom trying to poop and Peggy's just had the nightmare and she comes in on him in the bathroom and he's so <laughs> freaked out that she sees him pooping and he's like just beside himself. He's like he won't even listen to anything she's saying. He's, he's just like telling her to get out, get out. And she's so happy that he's not dead that she goes in and she just straight up hugs him while he's sitting on the john. And he's like, fine, I'll see a doctor if you just get out. And she runs <laughs> out of the bathroom and slams the door and he throws a roll of toilet paper at the door and says, get. <laughs> <laughs> it's see. So- amazing see my favorite part was uh also before the doctor was when peggy tells her friend the you know the nancy. weather girl Na- or yeah nancy and you know um and then because she tells nancy word word starts traveling fast you know so her husband you know it's it's not bill it's dale right dale, yeah, dale. dale. so dale knows about the constipation and then bill and and you know Hank is sort of finding out from that his friends there know about the constipation. Everybody's giving him advice, and then suddenly Boomhauer pulls up in his car with oh, uh, yeah. with a woman that he doesn't know. Hey Hank, you know I've been thinking about y'all and y'all dang old bottom and all what's gonna get moving again. I think y'all ought to go jogging and swimming in a water bunch, man. They're gonna be bad having you pooping just like you used to, man. I, I know it don't work. It helped my aunt after her pregnancy. I don't know you, do I? No, you don't. <laughs> they pull off. Yeah, that's... Oh, God, I laughed. I laughed a lot at that. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's it's, so, oh, it's one so... of my favorite bits from this episode comes uh, after the doctor. They're at the grocery store, and Luann has found a sign for an acupuncturist. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hank says, boy, if anybody ever tried that, uh, tried that on me, I'd kick his ass. <laughs> And uh, so we've already seen Hank passed out on the toilet once. Uh, the next time he passes out on the toilet, <laughs> Peggy takes him to an acupuncturist. <laughs> yeah. And he's got, like he said, they was worried about having the putting needles in him and burning and burning the needles. And then he mm-hmm. 
straight up walks off the table and kicks the acupuncture <laughs> square in the ass. ass. <laughs> That's yeah, the and I love, great little I love visual that payoff. And payoff is good because, uh, you know, kick his ass means beat him up colloquially, obviously. But he literally no, just gives him Hank one kick in the ass. literally kicks people and gives him a swift <laughs> kick in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hank Hank goes to the doctor and they do, uh, it's not like, a, I mean, it is a colonoscopy. They give him like basically a colonoscopy and the doctor is really way too friendly. And then he lets Bobby like play with the camera and Bobby's he like, also I want to be Bobby, a proctologist. <laughs> Bobby also got to play with the uh, colon model in the waiting room and <laughs> blow it like a shofar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I give you a prissy boy point for that? Because you could have uh-huh. just said trumpet. Yeah. You can have a prissy boy point. Just take sure. it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We can move on. It's uh, great. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then everything sort of resolves like they're gonna. I think you need a prissy for... boy point because I feel like all this was to make sure we knew you knew what a shofar was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a guy that drives you around in your car, right? <laughs> okay, right. Okay, you know the answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, but things things finish up. They schedule him for surgery, but they hope they don't need it. And then he's still not pooping. They try and Nancy puts him. Nancy Peggy puts him on a diet. And like it makes him really upset. And then just as they're like, just as they're hitting their limit, like Hank is pissed that he can't eat burgers. And Peggy's really sad because she's watching him be so sad. They have this emotional, like amazing moment where she's like, I just want you to be around. I love you. And he's like, I love you, too. I'm going to be more emotional with you. And then immediately he has to poop now. (laughs) Yeah. It interrupts. They're like, possibly like. One of the only moments I can remember where, like, both of them are, like, getting emotional and crying with each other about how much they love each other. It, like, interrupts instantly with poop. And I love that. (laughs) And that's that's how it ends. Like, he actually, he goes, he poops, he pushes Bobby out of the bathroom with a mouthful of toothpaste. And then... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ode to Joy starts playing. (laughs) There there were a couple, there were a couple bathroom moments that I thought were really funny, uh... One was right before, right before this one, Andy, that you mentioned, where they they have their emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he he um, he kind of gets up in a in a, in a fit of, in a fluster and drops his glasses in the toilet. And Peggy hears the plop and comes running. <laughs> and like, Don't be listening for that, Peg. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, there's a really subtle. It's not really subtle, but I would say, as far as a joke goes, <laughs> it's right. subtle. Uh, where he's in one, of, he's in a unisex bathroom and just sees a tampon machine and just doesn't like it. <laughs> oh man god. Yeah. oh god oh what a oh, what Hank. a good what a good episode this was i i loved it uh it's it's so effective at showing us like this is this is such a good way to learn who hank is if you've never yeah. seen the show this is perfect and yeah. and and next episode is a perfect episode you know that we watched is a perfect episode to learn who bobby is and totally i think I mean, we could talk about this forever, but like, I think that Bobby, Bobby's the reason why we would Bobby not being there makes us hate Hank, right? Like the fact that Bobby's there being so not Hank and being so not a manly man and Hank (laughs) having to deal with it. That's what makes us have the like the avenue in for for enjoying both of them. You know, Um, yeah, I I more enjoy the relationship with um, with Luann. Uh, just in terms uh, of like yeah. mm-hmm. getting to know Hank, yeah, uh, mm. because he's he's 
he's a better dad to Bobby for all of all of his flaws. He's he's a generally quite a good dad, and he struggles with Luann, and I think that's more interesting. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, should we hear from a sponsor? Yeah, let's head to it. it. Roy, I want you to tell us about our brand new sponsor, Celery Mountain. Celery Mountain is a Six Flags attraction opening <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at this. It sounds like you fun. shouldn't be laughing because you know what? This is this is this is part of Six Flags atrocity season, a season of atrocities where they they come up with they come up with really. So what what what? Let me ask you this. Six Flags is supposed to be for the kids, right? Six Flags is for the kids. Sure. To... Well, Celery Mountain is... I tell you what, Celery Mountain's no fun. You're five years old. Celery Mountain's... This <laughs> was a mountain of celery, and you're just thinking to yourself, I'm a kid. This place is supposed to be for me. I've paid... I've paid fathers... I've paid fathers $50 to get into this... Get into this. Six Flags. Why? Why am I trapped atop a mountain made of celery? Here's the thing. Here's the problem with what Six Flags has been doing to, with, with, because what it, here's what Six Flags does that everybody should know about. They, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're really gonna 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 le- read it to them, huh? I'm gonna read it to them because I've I've gone to Six Flags every summer with father's fifty dollars, and <laughs> and you know I I really expect I expect to go and have a fun. A fun time, a fun day at the fair, and um, you know these moms. Moms have been telling, moms have been trying to get me to eat celery for for years, and I said no way, Jose. Not until not until my friend Six Flags is about. You know, not until my friend Six Flags has carried celery. Will I even touch? Will I even touch that stringy that stringy water that stringy waterlog? I don't like it one one heck of a bit. They try to make. They try to put peanut butter on it. And I said, "That's no." Now you're just making me <laughs> chew my hard peanut butter. I don't like this. I don't like this, mother. Give me father's fifty dollars, and I'm gonna go ride a roller coaster until my until I fart. Until I'm just farting all. I'm just like. I just tell my mother. I tell my mother, "No celery, no thank you." I'm going to Six Flags. Well, you know, I guess I guess she and the she and the Six Flags Corporation have cooked something up. <laughs> Cook some sort of some some sort of devil's bargain where now I go to I go to Six Flags and I told them I, I made it very clear the parameters in which I would eat celery when it's a ride when it's a ride at Six Flags we'll talk yeah and now sure enough and sure enough now I'm down fifty dollars and have to eat a mountain of celery and I'm not <laughs> so on the now, ride you have to eat celery yeah. you have to eat your way out you're buried alive and they say good luck oh wow okay. So they shovel it on top of you. <laughs> shovel it right on top of you, like. Or is it like, like a, st- a grain elevator that just sort of dumps it? Well, there's both. You, you know, I don't know that there's one. There's like, well, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It's a mountain of celery it gets on top of you. <laughs> you. How you get, how it got there, and how you get out is is you know dealer's choice. It's an escape room kind it's of. It's an escape room kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. It's the garbage truck. It's the garbage truck where we're 
if you were in Taiwan, here's a little bit of here's a little bit of how the sausage gets made in Taiwan. The garbage truck plays fur Elise. It just r- r- rolls down <laughs> like the road playing fur Elise man? like an ice cream man. And you bring out your you bring out your trash and he eats it right up. <laughs> and he scoops it up and puts it in a cone for you. Yeah, they've got a they've got a pretty cool garbage system here. It's not around. I don't think it's it's not nationwide, but in Taipei, it's cone uh, based. No, the garbage comes every day. People can't be having. It's way too hot for people to be having food waste linger. Yeah. Oh, linger yeah. for weeks on end. That's that's got to be expensive, uh, infrastructure wise. Maybe Chris jobs. That's true. <laughs> this is a cool podcast of what we have about about garbage oh. now. This, this is my um, fault. Yeah, this is your fault. You've done this to us. You're the bad man in the in the hat. Okay, this is <laughs> King of the Hill, season three, episode eighteen. Love hurts, and so does art. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right, an X-ray of Hank's colon. Hey, Rory, from... You know an SSX tricky when. You, when you <laughs> oh, this help. is awful. This is a very unpleasant when people do that. An X-ray of Hank's colon from Hank's unmentionable problem. That would be the title of the last episode. Mm. winds up as the main attraction in an art museum. Meanwhile, Bobby is diagnosed with gout after eating chicken lovers at a recently opened New York-style deli. I love this episode. This, so this, yeah, again, so this, this is where they sort of find, the, this is where they find the silly of the show. I mean, maybe not this uh-huh. episode literally, but by this point, they have found the silly. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is my this is my biggest takeaway from the episode. We were talking about in la- you know in the previous discussion we were talking about the kind of yeah it's the you know they're common tropes but they do it really well like i feel like this episode is the epitome of reminding you why tropes are there and how good like dressing and and the way that you do them makes it like it can still make a trope really brilliant because this is a standard plot we've got bobby he's worried about taking the next step in his like friend but maybe more relationship and what that's going to mean Hank is ashamed of how unmanly his kid is, and Hank has some embarrassing thing shown to the whole town. Like, these are standard sitcom-type plots. But the details on top on this episode are so good with this fucking New York deli that's so phony and all the organ meats and the gout. Like, <laughs> like everything on so top funny. of it so, makes so, it so amazing. We, we open so on them good. about to try this new deli that has opened up in the mall. The showbiz, the showbiz deli. <laughs> the first thing that happens is Bobby runs in and finds a picture of Howie Mandel. <laughs> Damn, look! Howie Mandel! <laughs> and I don't remember if she was playing Bobby uh, in all 13 seasons, but at this point we've got the main cast, and that's Pamela Adlin playing uh, yes. Bobby Hill. And I think she gets an Emmy at some point for for this for this role. She's so As well she's she so should. Good. She's great. She's, she's amazing. And... Um, uh, most of the voice acting in this show is 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 is, is top notch. Stephen Root yeah. as Bill, it's, it's, it's oh always funny. I always love him. <laughs> um, but yeah. so, wait, wait, wait. So they're ordering at the at the deli, <laughs> and again, so the the things that that I love about Hank is that he also you know he he completely shuts down at, at things that are abnormal, and he's reading the menu, and he's like tongue. That's it. We're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's in such yeah. a stark contrast to Bobby, who is so enthralled with this place. And he says, I never dreamed a place like this showbiz deli could exist. <laughs> like, it's like some sort of fucking Disneyland ride to him. Like, yeah. he's, he's so enthralled <laughs> by this, like, yeah. Jewish themed New York deli with Howie Mandel on the wall and this clearly, <laughs> clearly very southern dude running the place who has nothing to do with New York. 
And uh, I have yeah, to imagine, yeah. I don't know that he's written, he's spoken on this specifically, but I have to imagine there's a lot of Mike Judge in, in Bobby, who is this sort mm. of, you know, star, star, star-crossed, uh, wannabe, wannabe comedian growing up in a small town, rural Texas. Yep. Not yeah. Not rural, he's suburb in Texas. Fit, does he just doesn't fit, fit in at perfectly all. in a suburb of Dallas. Yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> God. Uh they so yeah they, they they need to leave because hank is not going to be here at this strange place with with a with knish and <laughs> any number of other things and bobby is so desperate to eat he goes up and he and he slyly talks to the guy behind the counter and he says put a louis anderson in a bag to go i'll leave the money on the hand dryer <laughs> right because he's like, faking that he's going to go to the bathroom and he's, right. he's set up this illicit way to get a get a, he that a, louis a anderson liver sandwich, sandwich. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my sandwich. <laughs> uh, so then we we cut to credits and uh, we open back up on on Bobby at school with Joseph. Oh, uh, Joseph is such a good character. <laughs> Joseph is this is this. Uh, you know, most of the characters in this show are you know, and in touch with their feelings at about one hundred and fifty percent. And everybody is just a cup boiling over and Hank Hill is a colander trying to like trying to catch it all <laughs> yeah. and uh, or not get caught in it, you know, whichever, whichever way the, the metaphor works better. So so Joseph, right. Joseph is, is pubescent and just oh, uh, just a, just has no idea how to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph, um, and Joseph is uh, is Dale and Nancy's kid, right? The, the no, Dale, Nancy and John Redcorn's kid. Yeah, John yeah. Redcorn's kid, but they don't talk about it, right? Like, yeah, well, Dale. It's one of the fun things about the show. Uh, Dale is both a you know a, a sort of dictionary definition of a cuckold, but also he's an amazing father to Joseph at all times, and right? It, despite the fact that he's clearly John Redcorn's kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they just they just don't. Yeah, they just don't deal with it. Hmm. Uh, but the way Joseph clumsily hits on on Sharice. Oh my god, it's so, so funny. Amazing. I have tried tripping her. I've hit her lunch. I'm running out of ways to show her that I like her. I assume you tried throwing utility balls at her head. I can't ask her to the dance unless I know she likes me. God, you're lucky. Connie likes you, so after the dance, you know you're getting a kiss. <laughs> this freaks Bobby out, uh, which we'll learn about a little bit more about later. Um... Oh, but we got to we, we see what Joseph the, says. Yeah, we, we exit the scene with him. <laughs> I'm going to go whack Sharice in the butt with the shovel. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to whack her one. That's going to show her how much I really care. Fuck. It's so good. It's great. It's like it's a... a so we smash over to smash over to. Uh, so another thing I, I when, you know, when I mentioned that this episode has its ties, obviously with with Hank's unmentionable problem. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, even though it's it's really lo- it's really little, it's just it just goes to show a a sensitivity to these people's lives that a lot of shows won't give you. Um, Luann is practicing her her braiding for with a wig on Bobby. In yeah, and not only is that just a nice little intimate way to see these characters, they don't mention they don't re mention cosmetology school in every single fucking episode. No, uh, she's just doing her thing, and that's part of her world, and that's right. great. And that's part of Bobby's world too. That's part of yeah. Ooh, we should like, watch Bobby's world. Bobby's world. <laughs> we should. Yeah, speaking of Howie Mandel, Howie Mandel's Bobby's world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, and you know, I, I I love Bobby as this as this character who 
defies so much stereotype and defies it just defies categorization really oh yeah Mm -hmm. um that you know and and the fact that they are just so um non-specific about how weird bobby is and and to the point that it's just becomes not weird like it's just bobby you know and and i love that uh they just let so many of these moments be that they just you know have bobby in a wig that that uh, Luann is working on braiding and it doesn't come up again. It's not like a plot point. It's not the butt of a joke. It's just like what's happening. Well, and, and that's uh, the thing, you know, you guys talk about kind of you bouncing off King of the Hill when you're 12. So, I, I mean, I, I obviously had the opposite experience, but it's also like, you know, if you, I feel like all of us are so relatably Bobby Hill at that age. Oh God. And, uh-huh. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. I think that's what's uncomfortable. You don't want to watch yeah. yourself on TV like that. You're like. As like a but, fey weird food lover. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who, Absolutely, who wears but, hats and canes. and. But it is one of those things. It's like the first time, because even though obviously it's the first time you see, you kind of see that somebody like you is out there in a weird way, like mm-hmm. that's on TV. Because yeah. everybody else on TV is is sexy and thirty, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Even this, like even the teenagers, now. yeah, like us now, thirty, thirty and thirty and hot. Um, but I, what I was gonna say with uh, the hair braiding scene is Luann is like, "Oh, your first dance, you're gonna get to kiss," and he's like, well, "I've already kissed Connie once; it was fine." She's like, "Oh no, that does, right. that wasn't a kiss." Well, I've also kissed Monica. Oh, and then everything got really weird and uncomfortable, and I didn't know what to do. And then Luann is like, "Now that's a kiss." yeah so bobby bobby's having some toe problems this episode that's his that's his main like arc his his arc in this one is about is about being nervous about connie he doesn't want to go to the dance with connie because he's worried that if they kiss afterwards it's going to change their relationship and fuck stuff up and so now he's got like these toe problems and he start using starts using it as an excuse for why he can't go to the dance and hank immediately is enthralled with this problem because he uh, he thinks you know, Bobby has a fucking, sports injury. Yeah. He thinks he's got turf yeah. toe. Cuz Bobby's like, oh, been sneaking off. Bobby's been sneaking off to go to the mall and to eat at the diner. <laughs> to eat at this diner and to keep getting like herring and uh liver. you know ch- chicken liver. But yeah. Bobby, you really like the liver? It's meat I can eat with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so like everything leads to the doctor, and Hank Hank takes him to this like sports medicine clinic because he's so proud. He's like finally he's got a son with a sports injury, and we can make the doctor, fun of the people with you can tennis play through elbow. the pain. Yeah, oh my make god, fun make... of the people with tennis elbow. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Did you throw out your elbow playing golf or tennis? Tennis. <laughs> tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, and so the doctor tells him that he's got gout. Bobby's got gout. <laughs> and later later in the episode, Bobby's like telling everybody at school about how he's got gout. He's got like doing like a fucking presentation on his medieval disease that he's gotten. And he about his own gout, he says, I'm the only kid under 70 to get this outside the gout belt in the lower Balkans. <laughs> the phrase only kid under 70 is really underrated, I think. I, think I just yeah. wanted to say it out loud again. It's really good, uh, yeah. but he's so using this as, a, as an excuse, and Connie is not pleased. It is it is going very poorly. <laughs> but at the doctor's office, uh, the doctor prescribes no more, you know, no more deli meats. 
Uh, oh yeah. And the, but then also gives Bobby the cane. And oh. it just goes to the Bobby's weird like show like Faye being a weird Faye showbiz kid. He just <laughs> yeah. loves this cane. <laughs> it's great. He says, does it come with a hat? We also can't forget the probably the best line of the episode is when the doctor is looking at all of these food is talking about what would cause gout and uh oh, yeah, you know, oh typically comes from uh you know organ uh, meat liver, like livers kidney, and hearts. organ meats and then Hank says the boy's not a ghoul he doesn't eat that stuff Bobby's only response is does chicken liver have liver in it and which yeah I, it does uh, I love that little boy I love that <laughs> yeah. so much what what I I also find really interesting about this episode is you know, I, I I sort of missed at the beginning um, some of the talk about it getting weird once the kiss happens. And uh. it was really hard to track Bobby's um, anxiety in the rest of the episode mm. for me because I kind of missed that that bit. But part of that is because I don't even think Bobby's really aware or or really even primarily worried about that kiss. I mean, he I don't think he really fully understands what he's dealing with. And mm-hmm. that's, I think it's really interesting because the way that he's facing a problem is just, he doesn't, he doesn't understand himself and it's not something that the audience is looking at as like, yep. Okay. He's doing this and that's why he's doing that. Right. He acts in a lot of really unpredictable ways. Well, and he and, immediately self-sabotages, right? Like right, he, right. he could get better. His gout could get better if he stops eating organ meat. And if he gets better, he'll go to the dance. And so what he does is he just keeps sneaking off to the deli to eat more herring <laughs> and more liver. And yeah. like someone is like, wait a minute, but how's the gout going to get better? And he says, <laughs> no one knows. No, how do you how do you even get gout? <laughs> Nobody oh, knows. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> like, it's so good. He's self-deceiving so bad. And uh, yeah, it's Connie fun to confronts watch. him while he's eating at the deli. And well, before that, too, I wanted to say Connie is kind of in the same way that that Joseph and and, and Bobby are, uh, you know, kind of unaware of their changing bodies. She's but she's she's wearing her heart on her sleeve. And it's it's so endearing at all times. It is. You know, she she just likes Bobby. (laughs) And even even later in the episode, when when uh, Peggy says there's nothing embarrassing about liking Bobby, (laughs) about caring about Bobby. (laughs) Yeah. What did she say? She says, oh, yeah, he named his swollen toe Madam, and it talks with a French accent. And Peggy goes, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, God. But, but she's so she is so endearing because she just she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, I know, like, I know Bobby's weird, like Bobby's fucking strange, but he's who she likes and she's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And that is awesome. I love I love that so much. And I love I love seeing it. And I love seeing Bobby just completely flummoxed by that entire deal. You know, well, yeah, yeah. he's trying to understand. He's like, I guess I am more interested in in eating at this New York style diner than I am going to the dance (laughs) with the girl. And I think he's legitimately puzzling through that. He's sort of working through like, am I the weird kid who really is more interested (laughs) in eating like weird liver at a diner? Um, and I think there's, that's, it's not just self-deceit about the kiss there. Like right. there, 
that's he's clearly trying to understand who he is as a person and, he, and he's a person not, who loves liver yeah yeah <laughs> it's great i love that i love that it's, it's like not you, it's in in big just mouth one thing. have you guys watched big mouth mm-hmm. yeah in 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 big mouth uh andrew's dad uh has this whole thing with scallops right and, right <laughs> and it's it made me think of that too it's like the scallops make his dad just completely just uncontrollable diarrhea but every single time he's presented with scallops he continues to eat the scallops and i i like that i like just being like i know <laughs> fucking dude <laughs> dude i know and have you tried I, I think, this fucking louis anderson sandwich though <laughs> you know i uh, and i i kind of feel like you know we've talked about you know representation in cartoons in the past and what we haven't really touched on is is like this is 97 and Bobby's two best friends are a Laotian girl and a half, you know, half Native American boy. And I think that's yep. pretty cool. Like this, it's, yep. it is significantly more aware of not of both how white Texas is, but also how, uh, how TV needs to not be that white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, the other thing I really loved too about this Bobby arc, and we'll, we'll talk about Hank's B plot in just a minute here, but, Mm -hmm. uh, most, so many of these sitcom story arcs, the whole time you're looking at this arc and you think, well, the whole answer to this is they're going to go this whole 20 minutes. They, they just talk to somebody about your feeling, right? Just, Mm -hmm. just be honest, just do this. And that's the one answer. And it's going to take them. You know, again, it's going to take them another 18 minutes to do that. Yeah. And then once they do, then the conflict is over. This is a lot different. This is well, Bobby's not really sure what to do. Right. And that's sort of that's sort of one of the things I, I, I picked this episode for with it is it is both. Uh, you know, it is, it is we're, we're into the silliness. We're into this like the show at its at its at its cartooniest. Uh, but compared to last episode that we talked about, that was like, well, stuff kind of happens. Hank doesn't want to talk about his poop. Right. This show has so this episode has so much to unpack. Like it knows it's mm-hmm. doing a silly episode and layers that with content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, just absolutely. japes for the sake of japes. Right. Like right. a like and a it's family not guy without or tension. A, you know, part right. of the tension of the episode is trying to understand what Bobby's like doing, you know, like <laughs> what what Bobby's deal is. And he doesn't necessarily solve that. He just kind of resolves to take his rascal to the dance and, <laughs> oh my and God, dance his rascal with Connie. Scooter. God damn it. So, so, <laughs> at the, so at some point, the, the school nurse gives him a rascal scooter and um, Connie's worked up the courage to go over to the, to the Hills house to ask how Bobby's doing. And uh, they have this discussion. She has this discussion with Peggy. That's where Peggy says, you know, there's nothing embarrassing about caring for Bobby Hill. Uh, and then, and then on, you know, on cue, he drives by in the rascal scooter and uh, Connie, Connie frowns. And, and, and Peggy's response is like, I see by your face you did not know about the rascal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay. Before, yeah. And so we'll, 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 the... There's one other Bobby moment I have to call out. When he comes back and he's gotten that cane, the first time we see oh, him back God, at yes. home, uh, Peggy's talking to Luann. She's like, she's like, okay, you, you know, because they're heading off on a thing that we'll tell you about in a second. Uh, him and her and Hank are leaving town, and she's leaving Luann in charge. And says, Luann, you know about Bobby's diet? And he's, and she says, oh yeah, if I haven't heard of a food that he wants to eat, he cannot <laughs> eat it. 
And then <laughs> on cue, Bobby sashays in with a hat on, this like fancy dandy hat and a and that cane. And <laughs> I think Hank asks him what he's doing, and he says, "Oh, I'm just shuffling off to the living room, <laughs> and away we go." <laughs> <laughs> and then Hank's Hank's exit line is like, "I specifically told Bill not to give him that hat." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Hank, you know, Hank was so dead set at the beginning of this episode. He had this wistful moment where he, th- he thought the words normal and Bobby appeared oh, in the God, same sentence. Oh, God, it's so funny. So, so happy. So Peggy's Peggy's uh, trying to talk to Bobby about the dance and Bobby's nervous about going with Connie and he makes up an excuse to go leave, uh, to go play. He's going to go play at the field, right? And that's how Hank gets it in his head that Bobby's been playing sports. Um, right. He runs off and... and- and uh, Peggy says something along the lines of like, "No, Hank, I think something's wrong. He's not eating his supper. And you saw what just happened when I tried to talk to him about the dance? A 12-year-old boy running off to play rather than talk about prom dresses with his mom sounds pretty normal to me. Which on one hand is right, it was funny, but then then the moment that cinches it is the one Austin said where he just takes a moment to smell the fresh air. Normal. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> Normal. Normal. <laughs> so Hank, so that's a good transition to Hank. Yeah, um, yeah. Hank. Hank got this letter, I think around the same time, he, he gets a mm-hmm. letter in the mail that's for an art opening, and he is so distraught about this, and he says, either, either Dale's playing a prank, or you've been donating money to PBS again. Not me. They haven't gotten a penny out of me since their cheap mug cut my lip. <laughs> Great. God. And everything, it all, like, he en- they end up going to this Dallas art museum because they well, find wait, out. Because, because they call to follow up with him about his whether he's going to oh, come. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, the, I think the two things that are funny, this is so he realizes he's in the exhibit. This is why he, he winds up going. Uh She's like, well, we really just need your head count for, you know, cause we need to know how much cheese to order. And in a very Hank Hill way, he just knows. He's like, how many people? Sixties. Eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hangs up instantly. <laughs> God, it's so amazing. Uh, yeah. But him and him and Peggy, they think, oh, oh, well, some, you know, he's like, oh, the only picture floating about uh, floating around of me in the public is is of, you know, him in like high school as a, like a, a, a football player. So he's like, maybe that's the photo that's going up. And so him and Peggy get all dutied up and they head over to Dallas to this museum. She might even put on earrings. <laughs> what what turns out to be the photo is an X-ray of his colon smashed up with beef from the episode we watched earlier. Uh, this this uh, <laughs> this podcast. And they find this out. It's like it's like a, a, a two pictures side by side. One is of this like starving child holding up a bowl. And the other is Hank's bowel stuffed with meat. <laughs> and, and I like this is my favorite thing of the whole episode. So this is so this is the only time we see Khan in these two episodes. Khan, uh, Super News and Pong. And later later on, when everyone's found out about, you know, how this pan- picture is hanging in the in the art museum, uh, Khan is the only person who even bothers to engage with the message of that piece of art. Like, yeah, everyone else is just talking about how it's Hank's butt. And Khan right. shows up and he's like, oh, the juxtaposition of the, the, <laughs> the, the kid. Red the hillbillies hate your art, Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so good, like, that, that nobody, 
like not even the artists when we see the artists and they're talking about like oh no that's mine like nobody's like they don't even bother to say it like we put it in Khan's mouth Khan shows up and he's fucking stoked about this cool piece of art and he wants Hank to sign his poster <laughs> <laughs> now there's not there's not too much to say about the rest of, of Hank's plot that he's mad about the photo being up there but the way that he resolves it is that he shows back up and he brings the police and they he he managed to get legal grounds to take the pa- the picture down because there's a law in Texas about defaming beef. <laughs> and I think that's amazing. I think I, it was a little silly, a little sillier than I think King of the Hill normally goes. Mm-hmm. I but I, I I think it was funny and I think it worked, but it was a little it felt a little off for for the the regular tone that I understand. Sure. Um <laughs> The, the law in Texas about defaming beef. <laughs> well, the question is if it's real. Did anybody look it up? Because I did not. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because it could be true. That's just, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> Before we avoid you too much dunking on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one of our 2019 takedowns. It's not 2019 takedowns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then Bobby's Bobby's whole thing resolves uh, when he decides he decides he's going to go to the dance anyway, and he tries to take his rascal all the way there, but it runs out of runs out of juice, and so he has to hop and hobble his way all the way to the school and roll himself down a hill, and he does end up getting that dance with Connie, and it is very he plays through the pain at the end. It's fun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good full circle moment because that's what that's what Hank was trying to tell him, like you know about sports injuries, you know, like super unhealthy advice. <laughs> yes, play through the pain. <laughs> Just, you know, suck it up. Uh, but it is a good callback. And he also has a good line, too, where she asks about a scooter and he says, you can't dance in a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> you can't dance in a cart. Uh, uh, <laughs> which is kind of sweet. It was sweet. And we didn't. And, and further underscoring the fact that the kiss wasn't even really the problem. We don't see the end of the dance. We don't know if they kiss. And we, we assume that everything's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like so far in these two episodes. And I can't say um, for sure how often this happens, but the way they end these episodes, really, they go out strong. They don't have the typical um, uh, extra 30 seconds or so where everybody's kind of back to normal eating breakfast and just sort of like wrapping up plot sure. threads, you know, which which I think, you know, isn't is tired. And they just end on the on the strongest moment, you know, the victory. You're right. The the stakes are everything's wrapped up and it's like, great. That's the end. Roll credits. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like the credits moment last episode was literally he pooped and walked out and owed to Joy played <laughs> and he embraced his wife. Like, now, that was it. That's how we ended. We it. didn't actually mention the post credit scene for the first episode. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Which I think is is a, a real disservice to the episode. But so something they right. played with a little bit more is yeah in the first season is these these characters are like actors playing themselves. There's a weird sort of fourth wall thing going on with the super weird. <laughs> after you know yeah after the after the curtains have closed, Hank is. <laughs> do you want to do you want to describe it, Austin? Yeah, I mean I think we'd have to play a little bit. We could I just mean, play but, it. It's but, not long. But Hank, Hank is like on the lawnmower and just kind of like. You might have noticed in tonight's episode there was some brief nudity. Now, as an actor, I only do nudity when I feel the script warrants it. And I thought tonight's episode only warranted seeing the side of my rump. You can believe me when I tell you the Fox executives were pushing for a whole lot more. 
If any of you were offended by my body, I'm truly sorry. Good night. Yeah, it's got that kind of Matt Groening. It's also kind of that Matt Groening sort of poking at, poking your own, poking the master. Yeah. yeah it, sort of it, style of taking really, shots really, at Fox. It really felt like a freakazoid joke to me. I don't know <laughs> if you agree with yeah, that, Andy. I it feel, definitely I feel feels that. like the this this sort of a side where it's not fully, hey, I'm Mike Judge, the creator of this show. You know, or right. it's like, it, right, it's like but I'm it's Hank like, Hill, the character, and I'm aware of the like network staff that are putting on my show somehow. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're definitely still trying to find their voice in a Beavis and Butthead, you know, in, in still fi- finding that so. connection and, and really kind of understanding how silly and goofy this was going to be. Yeah. Because, you know, for, for a lot of comedians, I imagine the pivot to doing King of the Hill was a weird shift where, well, you know, I think you they're don't also have... playing with, you know, the question that is always has to be asked when to the question that always gets asked about King of the Hill is why animate it? Um, mm. Right. Sure. And aside from sure. the fact that you have a lot of people playing, you know, children or uh, Pamela Adlin playing a small teenage boy, a small fake yeah. boy. Uh, so so with that is also this show playing with the fact that like, you know, normally this, hey, you know, we joke, we kid on TV, but don't worry, no animals were actually hurt. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. really have to do that on an animated show. We know nothing. Nobody got hurt. Uh, yeah. And so it's fun pretending that Hank Hill thinks it's real or it's fun being in that space that it, we're playing between the, you know, the boundaries of reality and 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 cartoon. Uh, well, uh, I, I was cursed with driving straight because I was doing our garbage train deal. You know, this whole scenario where I don't have a driver's license. It was a monkey's paw where she right. wanted to drive yeah. a car. And- <laughs> <laughs> but I can't take turns. Uh, so here we are. We're down in Tijuana. TJ, we've made it to as TJ. As the kids call it. We're in TJ. As, as the kids call it, we've, we've, I just drove straight until we ended up in TJ. And that's not the worst thing in the world. And now we're just garbage men having a nice little vacation and, and, and reflecting back on the cartoons that we watched today. We're swimming in a pool of garbage in our own <laughs> yes. trucks. Yes. Uh, drinking a garbage cocktail. Um, a GB- so GBC? It, as far as a wrap up here, I think we've done a pretty good discussion here. Uh, yeah. Pretty packed discussion in both of our episodes. Um. So I don't think there's too much to say that we also won't potentially cover in future weeks. But yeah, because we um, got two more weeks of King of the Hill. Yeah, so like, little... so, Austin, you're our, you're our you're sort of our as close to a blank slate on the show as possible. So I'd, I'm curious to hear where you're feeling at, sort of all things considered. Um, you know, I mean, I I'm I've been really enjoying it. I've been enjoying these episodes, and I'm enjoying watching it again as an adult. Yeah. Um, I found I found a lot to enjoy from King of the Hill sort of over the years of catching it w- during its run. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And while, you know, but I, I didn't ever love it. It wasn't ever something that I, I just adored and taking the time to really focus on these and not when like, I don't know, I'm doing homework and it's on, you know, cable or whatever um, as a rerun, just, just being able to sit down and spend time with it has been really wonderful. Um, and so yeah. I'm excited to see more episodes and really, really dive into it more. Um, well, and there's well, there's something charming about it's one it's, it's weird. I I, I want to pick my words carefully here because I don't want to. There's a lot of things that do what King of the Hill does by way of just being kind of a worse show. 
um, King of the Hill is kind. There's kind of you know you mentioned before that it's kind of punk rock for being anti cool. It's, right, it's also normal. kind of punk rock for not you know not going full thirty rock on you. It sure you you don't you don't necessarily nobody really falls in love with King of the Hill for the comedy because it's just funny. It's not the most funny show you'll see. It's well, and it, I think that there's there's definitely something to be said because it's it's not. <laughs> Think about it like when you saw it on Fox, it was always going to be before or or well, no, not before. It was always going to be after something. It existed after in like, contrast with The Simpsons. It, yeah. And and like Simpsons will have just happened. Futurama would have just happened. Family Guy would have just happened. And it's a little it's just a little bit like having a full bowl of fucking ice cream sundae and then having someone offer you like a little bit a salad. of it's a salad. It's like a salad. <laughs> and, and you're like, I mean, I like salads, but. God, I'm just so sugared up right now. And I like, don't think I want to eat a salad and ice cream together. Yeah. And and so, like, I think getting paired with all those shows was a disservice because when I watched this alone, when I, I sat down tonight and I watched two episodes of King of the Hill, and I enjoyed them probably more than I've ever watched King of the Hill before. Sure. Simply because I sat down to watch King of the Hill. Yeah. No, I get that totally. But also, you know, you could argue this was how it got away with being so silly and also kind of also being so normal was that. You're kind of you're you're kind of the swing zone was much bigger because you ha- you can be that silly and still be the normal show compared to Futurama <laughs> and Family Guy, right? Because yes. you're not going to take Homer to the land of chocolate, you know, or <laughs> uh, you know, steal a gummy Venus to Milo for, you know, yeah. Any any given episode is is yeah, you know, so and it's much. one of those things that you know it, we we can't we can't do you know. 16 weeks of king of the hill and I, and I get that but it is one of those unfortunate parts of the things we don't watch king of the hill will not be their their worst they may but it is kind of like kind of missing we're gonna miss a lot of the normalcy that happens in king of the hill by just yeah. kind of hitting the high notes yep sure well, I hope that y'all are going to stick around with us for two more weeks. Uh, I'm not trying to spoil what's going on, but we are going to sort of shift things up after this King of the Hill arc. We're going to sort of take our summer break and get Arguably, you some we're already content. shifting things up. King of the Hill is a break from sort of a break from the it, pattern. It is. It but is. Rory, Rory loves, his, loves it. And it is, it is a cartoon from the 90s. It is not. It is. It, we didn't. We didn't go. We didn't rediscover ourselves in our 40s. This is still. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it took place in this. In this liminal teenage space between, yeah, you know, absolutely. Where, along with The Simpsons, where a lot of people would go from literally watching Digimon at four o'clock to King of the Hill at four thirty. Yeah, know? I was going to mention Simpsons that. Yeah, no, it was, like, it, it was, was part of, it was my after school cartoon. Yeah, right. Meal is part of the journey. Yeah. So I think it's totally valid as something to look at in that in that whole milieu. Absolutely. Great. Should we uh, end the final final outro? Yeah, let's let's just make sure that we end on a laugh line because we need a laugh line to leave the episode. So, someone say something funny. Why don't you just fart? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, we we did it again, everybody. We we finished we finished two episodes of a show, and 
and everybody's everybody's uh, 44 minutes better than we were before and mm-hmm. and king of the hills our good friend and we're going to be spending uh next few weeks playing playing in the sandbox with with hank john redcorn and consupin is upon and his mother <laughs> yeah. laoma Please name yeah, all the characters. And just like all of those <laughs> just like all of those great characters, you can type in the characters Saddam Tuesdays um, dot com. No, I thought you were gonna not know the end of that. It is dot com. <laughs> like all other websites, it is dot com. And uh, you can go it's to our website. Take, by, down. take that website. <laughs> by, by typing in those characters. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You just look up Saturday Morning Tuesdays. You'll find us. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on uh, all your favorite podcast platforms except uh, Spotify, generally. And uh, uh, that's where that's where we live. Yeah. Go listen to us. Those are, that's our house. That's our house now. We live on the internet. We're digital creatures. And uh, we, we e-thank you for listening to our podcast uh, today. You're all swell, lovely people, and I'd love to go through your garbage. Goodbye. With, we'll, we'll, listen, we'll go through Ted Wasana Song's garbage, and we'll also go through <laughs> Buck Strickland's garbage. <laughs>